good afternoon, good morning, good evening. You are now tuned in to Mouth of the South podcast. Welcome to the ramblings of a progressively optimistic truth teller. I am that truth teller, your host Shayla, and we are back, biggity back for another episode, period, okay? Um, I am thankful and grateful to be back on this mic with you guys again for another episode. We got a lot to talk about. A lot has been happening. You know, it's 2020, the year of exposure. So everybody's getting exposed. Everything is getting exposed. And, you know, the blotters are off, y'all. 2020 is just like, I did not come to play with you hoes. Like, I feel like I have to come on here every week and tell y'all how much 2020 is just, uh, 2020 is just like, 2020 is like a fed up black mother, okay? She's come in, she's off work, she's tired, and y'all done broke something in her house. And guess what? Everything that we done did leading up to 2020, you, you go pay for it now, okay? Get your ass in that room, you finna pay for it, okay? I, 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 all the stuff you been needing a whooping for, you about to get it. You know what? Let me not even go there because I'm getting into a little bit of PTSD. <laughs> you know, a lot of us uh, black millennials now got that PTSD of growing up in the 90s, child, and getting them getting them um rollover whoopings child you know you, you one day you do something bad and you don't get no whooping then three days later i'm gonna be like you know what come on let's get it because you just you really think you're gonna try me in my household where i pay the rent and you know we got tried <laughs> like you tried to try your mom but instead you got tried with that belt so you know we're not even gonna get into that but you know welcome to another episode <laughs> Without further ado or further tangents, let's just go ahead and get into this week's fuckery. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't start out um, by saying, of course, justice for Breonna Taylor. As long as we continue to need justice for Breonna Taylor, I'm going to start out my show making sure y'all know we still ain't got no justice for Breonna Taylor. Like, we haven't forgot. We're not going to forget. And we're going to be on your ass until we get that justice. Like, that's that's no period, y'all. Um... And I want to oh I want to give a shout out to Miss Corey Bush who beat out the old guard in Missouri f- uh, f- to become the first um, black woman to win a, a congressman seat in her district. Um, I think she's in like District One or something like that. I had to go look at my material, but y'all, you know, I got a chance to go up to St. Louis this week. This is my first—I mean, last week. That was my first time ever going to St. Louis. Um, I got to go visit my good, good friend. He's from up there. He showed me around, showed me the sights, and you know, I got to take home a little piece of Corey Bush's campaign material. So I am very, very proud of her. I am so proud of the black men, black women young progressives who are stepping up, stepping into their stepping into their power, stepping into their limelight and saying, you know what, I, I've been fighting on the sidelines. I really got to step in here and, and make it known that I'm about this change for my people, period. Like, it's more than just a little bit of a protesting because Cori Bush, she was out. She's been out on the front line since uh, since Ferguson, since Mike, since Mike Brown. She's been out on the front line. So, you know, when she came for the old guard seat, they didn't think that she was going to be able to take it. But sis, whoop, swoop, okay, swoop that seat. Like, like the kegs up under somebody, not playing with nobody. So, appreciate Cori Bush and those like her. Keep fighting the good fight. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this show. Let's get started with some black shit. They'll never take my power, my power, my power. They'll never take my power, my power. They feel away. Oh, ah. oh, 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 y'all already know. We got to talk about Black is King, y'all. Y'all already know the vibes. We cannot start the Black section without getting on the Blackest shit of the year. Like, y'all, okay. I'm going to try to talk. I'm going to try my best. <laughs> I'm going to try my absolute hardest to not go into full stand mode when I talk about Black is King and when I talk about Beyonce, Giselle, Nose Carter, I'm going to try my best. See, I'm already there. I'm already on that level. I'm on the 10, so I'm trying to bring it down to like a 6 for y'all. Like, <clears throat> just give me a moment. We are going to talk about Black is King, okay? <laughs> we got to talk about it. Um, Beyonce, 
she's done it again, ladies and gentlemen. Like, it's just so hard for me to not jump into stand mode because, let me give y'all the reason why. Because y'all just feel like folks just be standing for Beyonce with no proof and no facts. But it's like, <laughs> sis is on her, her second magnum opus, okay? You know, usually a magnum opus is one person's just, like, grandiose amount of work. Like, they're creative, like spirit like their whole you know it's just supposed to be your most important work of art you know as an artist your magnum opus is it you know it's thriller for michael jackson it's full moon for brandy you know at least for me but you know it's just supposed to be that work of art that just sets you apart from everyone else and beyonce's on her second one like ketchup musters like I don't know what to tell y'all for at this point I'm really not trying to be rude or condescending about it but I just I don't know what else to say like Black is King is here it is live on Disney plus um if you haven't seen it yet and you have Disney plus um and make you some time sis like I don't know what to tell you sit down it's an hour and 25 minutes just sit down and bask in the blackness okay um it will be an hour and 25 minutes well spent so Black is King is available on Disney Plus and it is Beyonce's love letter to her black ass family and her her growing kids and her husband and the entire uh the entirety of the African diaspora. You know, she just told all of us that she loved us in an hour and twenty five minutes. Um so there's just so much to unpack with Black is King. Um I loved so well let's just get let's just get into the individual songs because as you know it's pretty much you know a visual album for the gift which was the Lion King soundtrack that the one that you know she curated all the songs kind of similar to what Kendrick Lamar did for the Black Panther soundtrack you know you kind of you own every song you kind of curate all the songs and you set the vibe for the movie so it's just a visual album to go along with that um with that soundtrack so first we had uh bigger and find your way find your way back i love both of those songs bigger has so many gems like i just love that song so much and it just sets sets the spiritual t the spiritual vibe you know the cosmic vibe of um of the entire um journey that we went on i can't even say movie that we watched because it felt like so much more than a movie it was like a, a visual journey <laughs> um plenty of africa plenty of references to african spirituality biblical references you get some a little bit of moses sprinkled in there you get to, you know it, it's it's just a very spiritual cosmic vibe that we get going on um next you go we go into jealous me and scar you know that gives us a bit of a darker vibe you know that's the that's the part where you know the the baby starts to go left, you know, with that. Yeah, Jealous Me and Scar, loved both of those videos. Jesse Reyes did great. Like, she was, her part was awesome. Like, the 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 visual effects, you guys, the imagery, the makeup, the costuming, it was all there. It's just, it's, it was really good. So, after that, we went into Nile, the song that she has with Kendrick Lamar. Um, beautiful visual, looks were amazing. Um... It definitely missed Kendrick Lamar. Like, I, I hate to, spo spoiler alert, if y'all ain't already know, but Kendrick Lamar wasn't in there. And I really missed that. Like, I really miss seeing Kendrick's face. Like, Kendrick, we miss you. Come back. Like, I know I miss you. I'm ready for that next album. We know Damn Want a Pulitzer. It, it was that girl, but come on, give us another one. We need some more. Uh, we miss you, Kendrick. Uh, Then we went to Move Forever. The most giftable, you know, all the gifts you all the gifts you'll find on the interwebs, they'll be from Move Forever. Um, Beyonce really fed into, you know, that black royalty vibe. She really that was that one was for the hive. Like, let's be real. That one you won't understand unless you're a part of the hive. If you're not a part of the hive, you know you'll feel some type of way. You'll feel insecure, you know, because of her wealth. Um, and that's no shade, you know, hey, we all, you wouldn't know how capitalism runs, you know, everybody want to talk about capitalism when it comes to Beyonce, you know, we, Elon Musk can get all the billions that he want, but when Beyonce get a billion dollars, then that's when y'all want to talk about greed and obscene wealth and capitalism. I mean, there's definitely a conversation about billionaires to be had. I mean, as I, when I discuss Jeffrey Epstein, I always discuss the abolishment of billionaires, but my thing is, is you have the billionaires like Beyonce 
who, you know, takes their billions and writes checks and rebuilds their communities and, you know, um, writes personalized letters to um, Kirk Cameron, the attorney general for, you know, Kentucky that still refuses to bring those charges up against those officers who murdered Breonna Taylor. You know, Beyonce takes her billions and, you know, writes letters and tries to get stuff like that pushed forward. Um, but then, you know, you have other people like Jeffrey Epstein who take their billions and, you know, make pyramid schemes of young women who, you know, they traffic and do all types of other evil things with their billions. So, I mean, there's definitely a difference. And, you know, I think that we can all see that. Um, so I won't, I won't, you know, tarry on that for too much longer. You know, people say that, you know, the hive, they can see no wrong in Beyonce. And y'all right. Um, <laughs> y'all right a little bit. You see what it is, is y'all just haven't brought me an argument that I can agree with. So on that note, we're going to keep it pushing. Um, so yeah, move forever. You know, this is when I truly got in my bag because... As a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, I it just brought me so much joy and so much like fullness in my heart to see Beyonce throwing up the pyramid. Like that just made my whole entire day and my whole entire um, 2020 better. So that was a true inspiration. Um, so yeah, Move Forever was a whole vibe. Then we got into Jada. With Burner Boy, beautiful, beautiful imagery. This is when we get more into the diaspora, back more into um, the, uh, I think they shot this in like uh, certain different parts of Africa, South Africa, um, different parts of California. I think Beyonce shot, shot some of it on her own, you know, in her own home, her own compound. So, you know, very, very beautiful scenery. Um then we get into Already, which is already my song. That one's featuring Shata Well. Wonderful song. When I tell y'all, there were so many beautiful black men ending um, Already. When they had all those young black men, old black men in between, in those purple suits, with no shirts underneath, jumping up and down, that... <laughs> That made the rest of my 2020. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Just so many happy feel to the brim with blackness, black people. It just, it was so good. And those, those men, oh, you know what? Already was one of my faves. I really loved that video. Um, after Already, we had Water with Salatiel and Pharrell. Once again, the imagery, Pharrell came through, you know, still looking like... Still looking like I was just fronting, you know, I want you, babe. Like, he still looked like that. Um, then after that, was that the, was Water the one when Beyonce was on the ladder with those flowing waterfall-esque braids? I mean, the braids were 60 feet long. Like, girl, I was here for it. Then after that, we had Brown Skin Girl, y'all. I just get so excited every time I see blue, like watching kids grow is just so fantastic to me. And it's because I don't have any kids of my own yet. So I just get to watch vicariously, vicariously um, through my nieces and nephews. And my oldest nephew is around blue's age. He's nine. So I just remember holding him as a baby. I just remember when he used to say um peas instead of f and he would come in and say you know poo ready i want to eat some pood and now he's just you know going into prepubescence and all he wants to talk about is fortnite and i'm like i knew you before you was good on fortnite okay <laughs> i knew you well all you want to do is eat pood and play football okay but you know it's just it's just so wonderful to watch kids grow and blue came through letting y'all know hey I'm the key to the kingdom, okay? The legacy, legacy, legacy. You already know. She came through. She sung her part beautifully. She was serving looks like her mom. They was doing the hand game. The uh, Miss Mary Mac, 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 all dressed in black. You know, all black girls everywhere know that hand game. So they, they transitioned from brown skin girl into, um, 
Let me make sure I ain't forgetting that child. I wrote some little notes down because I've watched it a couple of times, y'all. I ain't gonna lie. The first time, the first couple of times I watched it, I didn't take notes because I was just so taken aback by the blackness. The first time I watched it, around brown skin girl time is when the water work, water work started to flowing. You know, the the tears started to come, and it was because brown skin girl to for me it was the black women loving on each other that was it for me just seeing all these black women hugging each other holding each other's hands playing games with each other just gently you know caressing not no sexual type shit not no deviant type shit just you know just truly providing love and affection towards one another um seeing Beyonce look in the eyes of her best friend Kelly Rowland and you know they have a moment back and forth and it's like you know what it's so relatable because I too as a black woman have looked my black woman best friend in the eye and we've had our moment you know we've had that moment where we we see each other you get what I'm saying we I see you you see me we see each other so just all of that you know black woman love really just brought me to tears every time you know it just made me just get choked up every time and then you know, I, it, it just resonates so much with me because, you know, um, one of the lines in the song is she minds her business and winds her waist. And that's me all day in quarantine in my living room, period. So that's why I really loved Brown Skin Girl. So good. So we transitioned from Brown Skin Girl into Keys to the Kingdom. T was Savage and Mr. Easy. I love that one, too. That's a that's a bop. You're the key to the kingdom. You're the key to the kingdom. You're like, oh, hey, two-step, key to the kingdom. Oh, oh, then, you know, we, we excited about being the key to the kingdom. And then it transfers into, then we move on into other side, which is another point where the tears start to flow because that's another, you know, Beyonce ballad. She's coming through giving you vocals, giving you, um, you know, singing from the spirit, singing from the, um, not singing from the sternum. She's giving you diaphragm completely. So, you know other side is another good video um and then after that we have my absolute fave my power they'll never take my power my power tear whack girl come through show the people show the people because as we gonna get it to with wap the first time a black woman anthem comes out the first thing folks want to do is say all black women rap about is they pussy. All black women rap about is a weave and taking somebody man. And Tierra Whack came through to show y'all, no, y'all just don't listen to the bitches like me that's giving y'all true bars about some of everything, okay? Giving you inspirational bars. Giving you bars about going to get your nails done. Like, she's going to give you bars, okay? So she came through. She served. Blue came through serving a look in a geometrical shaped dress. Like, girl was getting it. Beyonce came through in the red. Still giving me DST vibes. Like, really just bringing it back to the DST vibes where she belongs. Um, we had Tierra Whack. We had Busiswa. We had Moonchild Sinelli. We had a lady who was completely pregnant. Looked like she was about to bust at any second, but she was really trying to bust a move for y'all and give y'all some dance moves, and she did that. Like, the whole thing was just excellent. And then we ended off, we rounded out all that black excellence with Spirit, you know, the Spirit video. But, you know, before we got into the video, I'm getting excited again, y'all. <laughs> before we got into the video... She hit us with the choir. Beyonce hit us with with the spirit. I'm not going to even try to sing that part for y'all. I'm going to stick to the rapping because I really can't sing. <laughs> That's not my forte. But Beyonce came through with the choir and just showed y'all haters again. The main ones who like to say she can't sing showed y'all again with the choir backing. Acapella, sis, it's nothing. We'll sing you down anytime, period. So, and that was all the... Um, <laughs> All the videos in the visual album for Black is King. It was wonderful. I think I've gotten through all my notes. Um, of course, you know, at the end, she let it be known that it was dedicated to her son, sir, to her children, to blackness in general. Um, and then you go through the credits and you just see all these names, all these contributors, all these black people who touched this film who put their put their mark on it and made it the beauty that it was so b b e a u t y e period it was wonderful um a couple of my favorite quotes from black is king 
Um, our ancestors hold us from within our own bodies. A gem. They really do. Like, I, 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 I am a very spiritual person. And I feel like as black people, we are a very spiritual people. Something about being from Mother Africa just ties you to spirituality in a way that, you know, being from the Caucasus Mountains doesn't. Like, I'm not trying to take it there, but let's take it there. So it's just like a, already a natural spirituality to black people. That's why, particularly down here in Alabama, you always going to find somebody up in somebody's church, okay? Because we are worshiping people. We like to sing. We like to dance. We like to praise. We like to worship. That's deep within our spirit. So, so <clears throat> our ancestors never leave us. They never leave us nor forsake us. They hold us from within our own bodies. Another great quote from um, Black is King is, to God we belong. I love when uh, Beyonce, in these visual albums, when she does the transition and there's like some spoken words, some poetry, some type of gem, a speech, you know, something that she uses to transition into the next song. And um, to God we belong, I think, was in the speech that the young lady was given where she was basically saying, you know, I am of God, so how can you not expect me to see myself as a goddess? And that's <laughs> no no it, it, uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's just it on period. Like, we all are of God. We are humans, but we are of God. So how can you expect me to see myself as less than you when we are all humans? We are all of God. So I definitely, like I said, suggest Black is King. <laughs> After I did wax poetically about it for, um, I don't know, about 30 minutes now. I don't know how long I've been talking. But, um. Let's go ahead and continue with the black shit and transition on from one black anthem to another, okay? From one female-powered anthem to the next female-powered anthem, okay? We talking macaroni in a pot. That's some wet-ass pussy. We talking whap, whap, whap. That's some wet-ass pussy, okay? <laughs> we have... Miss Cardi B coming back to the music scene, okay? It had, it's been about 10 strong months since Cardi B's last single. Trust me, I was looking for it. I, <laughs> I've i been waiting for Cardi very patiently. You know, she she been down to the Instagram killing it like always, like like her beginnings. So, you know, we I just been watching her post her beautiful pics and post pictures of her beautiful daughter and her, her second birthday and all of these beautiful things down to the gram. And I'm like, can you please post a snippet? Like, can I get a, a piece of a song? Can I get I'm ready for some music, sis. And so delivered music. She did. We have her uh, single WAP featuring Megan Thee Stallion, a true, true female empowerment anthem. Um. Clearly, I like it. <laughs> I think it's, you know, very on brand. I mean, I would expect nothing less from Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion um, beyond a true guide to loving your pussy and to and to just to knowing that you got that WAP. Like, girl, just be just be confident in it and know it's macaroni in the pot. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's why I don't, when I want to talk about WAP, I want to talk about it in the sense of black womandom, black womandom, black femaleness, you know, any type of suffix you want to put on that hoe. Um, because what I don't like to see, because you know, niggas gonna nig, niggas gonna come in here with their hotel stuff, and they gonna, you know, make it seem like they really just too woke. For the WAP, okay? They're going to make it seem like, you know, they, they are too far and above and beyond because they looking for a wife. They ain't looking for no how out here with no WAP. You know, all of that down to the internet, only to close out the Twitter tab, open the YouTube tab, and continue to watch the video they done watched a hundred times. Like, y'all are not fooling me, okay? <laughs> Niggas is not fooling me. Y'all watching WAP, okay? I'm watching WAP, so I know y'all watching WAP. WAP, 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 Okay? <laughs> So, niggas gonna nig. I'm not even worried about niggas at this point. They gonna do what they wanna do. They gonna say what they wanna say. But we all know it's, it's bullshittery. Because if I check your history tab on your YouTube, baby, whap in there a couple times. But, black women, my sisters, my people. You know, I just talk, waxed poetically about how much I love brown skin girl. And how I love to see black women loving on each other. 
So I hate to see the opposite. Black women tearing each other down. If you don't like WAP, that's fine, okay? Not everybody likes the coochie rap. I understand. But that's why there are the Tierra Wax. That's why there are the Rhapsodies. That's why there are the Chicas. Because just like women are multifaceted and are not monoliths, we all are here with different types of women that we like to be, different, different types of black women that we show to the world. The same thing counts for black women rapping. Like, you can find a black woman rapping about anything under the sun. Anything, okay? You can find, you just think you hear pussy rap all the time because that's what sells. Let's be honest, because we're going to get into that in, in just a moment. But there, you can find a black woman that raps to your taste. So what I don't like to see is all the, well, I don't listen to rap like that. And I don't do that. I don't do that. I'm not that type of woman. I'm not that type of girl. Okay, we get it. You're not that type of girl. I get it. But when I see you, when I see my fellow black woman touting this on the internet, it feels very pick me. It feels very, hey, men, look at me. Choose me. I'm not that type of girl. I'm this other type of woman. But as we've already discussed, niggas is going nig. You ain't got a nigga on the internet for niggas. They, they do enough for they, of that on their own, okay? Like, I do not like to see shit like that. And then y'all take it so far as to say, like, oh, my God, it's detrimental to women, and it's this, that, and the third, and blah, blah, blah. You know, you know what's truly detrimental to women? Misogyny. That's what's truly detrimental to women. Rap songs are not detrimental to women. If... You take that rap song and feel like you could treat all women a certain type of way because of how two women on a song are rapping, then, baby, you have a problem with misogyny, okay? It's deep-rooted within you. If you feel like the way two women that are not me are rapping on a song is how you get to treat me, then you you didn't... The wires that got crossed somewhere in there. So, miss me with that argument. Miss me with the what about the children argument. Because Uncle Luke did already told y'all. Well, Uncle Luke had to go down to the Supreme Court, okay? And get that parental advisory sticker so he can continue to put out his music. Because, you know, the people was trying to get him out of here because he was talking about coochie, okay? Let's get to the root of the problem, okay? Because when men talk about coochie... When it was a whole decade plus and still going on in rap where all niggas was talking about was how they want the head, they don't want the pussy. Period. In every song, every song, you knew somewhere in the 16, somebody was going to, somewhere in the 16, the nigga was going to say, I just want the head, I don't want the pussy. Like, it's, sex is a very common theme in rap music. Sex is a very common theme in a lot of music. Sex is a, a very common theme, period, because we're all humans we all have sex drives we all like sex we all think about sex unless you asexual you like sex okay so sex is a very common theme sex is what sells we know sex is what gets the records off the shelves okay so all of that what about the children oh excuse me my coffee coming back I'm, I'm getting too hype again all of that what about the children you really can miss me with that if, if you don't want your child singing WAP, she ain't going to be singing WAP. I remember back to the early 2000s, I got in trouble for singing What's Your Fantasy by Ludacris and Shauna. I got in trouble down to the pool, me and some of my cousins, because we was down there singing it loud. I want to lick, lick, lick you from your head to your toe at 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, okay? And what did my mama come over there and do? Let us have it, because, you, you know, she got to let us know. We listen to that song in the car, but you don't need to be singing that song out loud at all because as a child you had to stay in a child's place period okay you can sing the little edited version that would be on the radio in my presence but you're not finna just be out here singing grown people music and you're not grown because then grown people would like to try to approach you like you grown and we're gonna get back to niggas nigging okay because that's a whole conversation for another day i'm not even finna get into that about wap because that's gonna be too too much of a deep dive okay <laughs> So you can miss me with the children argument. I um, I just don't like to see it. I don't like to see when black women be on the internet tearing down other black women in the name of uplifting the black women. Like, you're not fooling me. Like, I know you're just trying to make yourself seem like you're above the next sister. But it's like, we're, we're all in the same boat, okay? We're all here trying to fight massage noir, okay? We're all here trying to stand up for the next black woman, for the next sister. Or at least what that's what I thought we was all trying to do until, you know... Niggas get on the internet nigging. And at this point, niggas has become a gender, a gender neutral term because y'all just fall right in the fold with them.
because you 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 you're too clouded by what the man thinks to understand that girl pussies get wet <laughs> pussies get wet dicks get hard pussies get wet and the world keeps moving okay whap 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 that's some wet ass pussy okay <laughs> now go stream whap damn it <laughs> oh. <clears throat> I particularly got in my feelings about that because I have been waiting so much for Cardi to come back out and to see, I mean, Ben Shapiro was out here reciting the lyrics. I mean, y'all had people in, y'all as black people were sounding like the Republicans. Like everybody was mixing together and I was so confused. I was like, I mean, I know Cardi, you know, she ain't got the most bars. She rapped kind of slow, but I mean, it's still a vibe with the music. Like it... <laughs> I thought it was that bad. I liked it. Like, I kind of, I'm clutching my pearls. Because I'm like, I thought it was a jam. I'm in my living room. Wap, wap, wap. And everybody else like, no, no, no. I'm in my room getting true bap vibes from the video. Seeing true dance numbers. Athleticism. Splits. Okay. Dance numbers. Transitions. Guest appearances. <laughs> I know y'all was mad about Kylie, but whatever. Guest appearances. Like clearly well thought out creative direction. It was directed by the same young man that directed Kendrick Lamar's All Right video. So I was already all in. Ooh, child. The internet. Y'all had me tickled about that one, but. <clears throat> yeah, go stream WAP. WAP, WAP, WAP. That's some wet ass pussy. <laughs> I hope y'all are comfortable with the word pussy because I am. <laughs> and if you're not comfortable with it, you about to get real comfortable with it. <laughs> I have a pussy. I'm very proud of my pussy and it is what it is. On that note, let's get into some political shit. So breaking news for my political shit segment. I um, actually wanted to take a little while to think about this news, to process this news before I brought it to you guys, because at the end of the day, I'm the progressively optimistic truth teller, period. <laughs> the P-O-T-T, -T, okay? I'm equal parts progressive and optimistic, so I had to really, you know, take into account my truth and how I was presenting it to the world, and really, you know, kind of reevaluate some things because my truth, I don't feel like I was getting, I was losing my optimism, but the real was becoming a little bit too real. And people thought I was getting pessimistic, but I was like, if I don't see no change, you know, I just don't see no change. So I had to really reevaluate my truth. Um, in this election, in this political climate right now, um, for this presidential race, there was only one progressive candidate. That was the Bernie Sanders, period. So when he dropped out of the race, I had a lot of emotions that I had to reconcile. Like, I truly had to come to the point and realize that, you know, Bernie just kept it all the way G, all the way real. He said, not me, us, and he meant that. So, you know, he bowed out for the greater good. I have to remember that in these times. And remain op optimistic in this progressive fight because although we did not win the battle of getting the 2020 Democrat Democratic uh, presidential nomination, we have won many battles as far as all the justice Democrats being reelected in their primaries, you know, basically holding on to their seats. Um, we have new progressive candidates like Cori Bush and Jamal Bowman just you know, coming in, tearing up the game, getting the getting the old OG establishment up out of them seats and getting some progressive butts in them in them house seats. And we got some Senate races coming up with some progressive candidates that are are looking very, very good. So I am optimistic in the fact that the progressive fight may not be we may not have reached our end point. But we are having conversations today about progressive policies that we weren't even having 10, not even five years ago. So small victories, I had to, you know, just realign myself, meditate on it, realign my chakras, you know, 
get it, get it together, meditate, face the sun, charge my crystals. And I can come back to y'all with, you know, some optimistic, progressive, you know, some optimism to join my progressivism. So, so on that note, we are going to offer up our most sincere congratulations to Senator Kamala Harris. Joe Biden, Joseph R. Biden Jr. has announced that he will have Senator Kamala Harris as his vice presidential running mate. Definite historic pick. Shirley Chisholm will be proud. You know, uh, Kamala is a black woman, is a South um, in South Asian American um, woman. Her mom's South Indian. Her mom's Indian. Her dad is black. So, you know, she's giving you biracial realness on the ticket. And personally, I've never really been a huge fan of Kamala Harris. I'm not going to lie. You can definitely go back to my um, earlier podcast and, and and when Bernie was still in the race I had some choice words for her but um as of this point I'm just rooting for everybody that's black period like don't ever get that twisted I'm progressive I'm optimistic but at the end of the day I am always rooting for everybody that's black and especially everybody that's a black woman so congratulations to Kamala you know um I'm gonna put uh this article that I was reading from NPR about her um about Biden choosing Biden's choice uh, to make her his running mate that I really, really liked. So I'm going to put that in the notes in the um, in the uh, description, in the episode description. But the main point that that keeps me optimistic and that makes me excited about this pick is that Trump is really struggling to find an effective attack on Harris. Like, he's keeping it very surface, very race and gender and if that's all the, um, and if that's the only attack you have, then child, it's null and void. Like, she gonna be able to hand it to y'all ass when it get into the debate. So, I'm here for Kamala. I know y'all probably thought I wasn't gonna be here for it, but <laughs> tricked you, fooled you. I'm here for it. <laughs> and come November, I'm gonna do what I gotta do, you know. I'm gonna make sure I cast my vote um, for the first black woman, first black um First biracial black and Indian American woman to hop her butt on that ticket for and be our vice presidential candidate. So I'm going to be voting for her. You know, I can't say I'll be rocking the pink and green in solidarity to the polls. You know, a lot of um, our aunties, our moms, a lot of the generation above mine, you know, the, the people above the millennials, our, our, um, our elders that we look up to, they are very excited, especially the black women elders, are quite excited to show up to the polls in pink and green um, in solidarity with Miss um, Senator Kamala Harris. Um, my solidarity will be in my vote, period. <laughs> You will never, ever catch Shayla in a full pink and green outfit. I've already told you I'm a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And that's just one thing you will not do is catch me in a full pink and green outfit. It's no shade. It's no tea. You just will not catch me in a full pink and green, period. But I will be there in solidarity with my vote. You know, the ancestors are holding me up from within and I'm going to do my just duty. You know, there's times during this election cycle when I have set in my living room and just really, really, truly pondered not even voting. Like, I've truly pondered just sitting my ass on this couch and not voting, but my ancestors within me are like, girl, that's not an option. Like, I am a voting type chick. I'm going to vote local, state, federal. Like, I'm going to vote whenever the opportunity presents itself. So that's just one thing I will not be able to do. And definitely in this... um, Definitely during this time when I could vote for a first, and that first being a black woman. So I'm here for it. Kamala, shout out to you. Um, that leads me into Palpatine in chief <laughs> and his uh, minions in Congress, y'all. They still ain't came together with nothing on this damn COVID relief bill, child. And not only that, Trump then pulled up from half court in an attempt to save his election and it just completely bypassed Congress and did his own thing. So I am going to put this article from Bloomberg in the show description as well. 
describing what Trump did and exactly what it means, um, as well as what Congress is doing with this COVID relief bill, which is absolutely nothing, which is um, zero work whatsoever. They're they're at a deadlock. No one can decide exactly what they want to do, how they want to do it. And everybody's just looking for a political leverage in this situation. Um, the Republicans love to tout that that's what the Democrats are doing, but it's clear that both sides are trying to get, gain political leverage from this situation and don't really care about the Americans that are involved or um, their livelihoods. They just, they're trying to get them votes. So at this point, I've already told y'all over multiple episodes that they was going to do this. Um, I'm just ready for the election. It's like, luckily, I've stayed prayed up. I've stayed meditated up. And I have a, you know, nest egg. I've had time to save and, you know, get myself ready for the latter part of this year. But I'm also blessed to be speaking from a place of privilege of only having to take care of myself and my dog. You know, I don't have any children. I don't have any, you know, anyone else that that's dependent on me. And so I just I just feel for the Americans that the 30 plus um, million Americans that are unemployed right now that had to watch that federal money just go away and not know when their next job was coming, when they were going to be able to go back to work. Um, It's just it's crazy. And Trump, of course, decided to truly capitalize off the moment and you know, try to go ahead and quickly sign an executive order that he thought was going to push the people to, you know, he didn't pull it up from half court trying to get his reelection campaign, you know, back up and running. Cause right now it's in the toilet child. It is, it's, it's just not looking good for Trump. And, um, so he didn't pull it up from half court signing, um, unconstitutional executive orders, trying his best to, you know, swing his political power, but, I'm like for a, for a dude that don't know much about politics, he sure does know how to use his political leverage way better than these OG Democrats. I'm like, I'm like y'all really letting Trump outdo y'all in the political sector. But you know when when your political leverage is to take L's, that's what you do. So, um, yeah, I'm room for. I say all that to say I'm room for everybody that's black, and at the end of the day. When November 3rd gets here and whatever the outcome may be, all I know is I don't want nobody looking to black people. I don't want nobody looking at black people and saying, y'all should have voted. Y'all should have did this. Y'all should have did that. Because the amount of aunties I've seen that's excited about Kamala, the amount of black people I've seen that's just like, you know what? We got to do what we can to get Trump out of here. It ain't going to be us, Okay. The, the polls never truly factor in the power of the whites. Okay. <laughs> but just know, CNN, MSNBC, all you other little media outlets, don't be coming trying to blame black people come November 3rd because it wasn't us. We're going to be out there. We're going to do what we need to do regardless. Okay. I'm a whole progressive, but I'm going to go out there and vote for all these moderates because I, I'm going to do what I need to do. Now, when, when, the, when the day comes... If the outcome don't come, don't you know, the outcome don't show up the way y'all think it's going to show up. Don't look to black people because it wasn't us, period. And on that note, let's move into some sports shit. These NCAA football players did not come to play with you hoes, okay? <laughs> they feel the same way about the NCAA that I do, okay? The lies and the fallacies. They did not. Mm-mm, they're not here for it at all, especially the Florida State players. They out here on Twitter. They letting y'all know COVID-19 is real, and these coaches want us to be out here in the heat on this field practicing in the summer sun in Florida with a mask on, thinking it's going to keep me from getting COVID. But little do they know that's going to speed my way to carbon dioxide poisoning and passing the fuck out. So let me read y'all this article from Bleacher Report. Three Florida State wide receivers, including Tamorian Terry, are speaking out about the school's handling of coronavirus testing and protocols. DJ Matthews deleted a tweet from Wednesday night saying he tested positive for COVID-19. Matthews posted a vague tweet about, quote, all the lies, end quote, on Thursday morning, which Terry, quote, tweeted with the facepalm emoji. Warren Thompson published an open letter on Twitter noting there have been, quote, nothing Oh, noting there have been, quote, lies from our leaders, 
end quote, that have put his, quote, overall well-being in jeopardy, end quote, and accused the school of not responding to his concerns. Uh, per Wayne McGahee of the Tallahassee Democrat, a Florida state spokesperson declined to comment on the situation. In addition to the Florida state receivers, Terry's mother also tweeted a message and tagged Florida State's football account and head coach Mike Norville. Uh, the Florida Governor Ron DeSantis met with Norville as, read it, as well as Florida State President to discuss playing football this fall in the wake of the Big Ten and Pac-12 postponing their fall sports, sports schedules. This is like a family, DeSantis told reporters. The people that you play with, the coaches, the trainers, the administrators, they're looking out for these kids. They want everybody to be safe, not just with respect to coronavirus, but all kinds of health issues that come up in an athletic season. So this is the safest place to be. <laughs> um, the ACC, Big 12, and SEC are the remaining Power 5 conferences still planning to play football in the fall, though they have pivoted to conference-only schedules. Yeah. <laughs> I know the SEC gonna be the last one to let y'all know if they gonna let uh, let them let their players sit out for the fall or not. I know for a fact that Alabama has had their players out there in the heat in the Alabama heat, y'all. Y'all know Alabama heat hit different than any other type of heat. Had their players out there in the Alabama heat with masks on trying to practice. The NCAA is a scam. That's all I have to say about that. Like, I just refuse. I refuse to get, to go in on the NCAA today because this podcast is already getting lengthy. And um, we don't, y'all don't have the time, trust me. Y'all don't have the time for me to really get in my NCAA bag. But just know um, these players are not having it. Y'all think these players are going to just fall in line because Florida State's a huge school or Alabama's a huge school and they're excited to be there. The time of that is long gone. Um, the NCAA needs to pay the players, period. Like, nobody's getting excited about a little piece of scholarship no more when playing is literally life or death, okay? Playing is literally me catching COVID or not. Playing is literally me taking COVID to my my family, my friends, my loved ones, all for, all for the glory on the football field. Child, these players ain't having it, so... Shout out to these players. I love that they that they're using their voice. I love they're speaking out. You know I'm a truth teller, so I'm always always here for speaking truth to power. In much brighter sports news, the NBA bubble is still thriving. See, the NBA bubble should be an inspiration to all sports leagues because if you actually put in the work, if you actually put in the effort, if you take into account the fact that you have to provide daily testing, you have to keep these people, you know, as socially distanced as possible, including reporters, coaches, players, um, staff, everybody in the bubble has to be has to be compliant and has to be willing to do the work to keep the bubble sealed and tight. And the NBA is doing that. They're still having 100% negative tests. They are moving on to the playoffs. The playoffs are beginning in about four days. We already got most of the schedule lined up. So, I mean, the NBA is doing the damn thing. Like, I'm proud of my favorite sports league. So, let's get into these playoff matchups because, y'all, first and foremost, the Spurs ain't made the playoffs. And that's <laughs> that's a first. That's a first in a very long time that the Spurs have not made the playoffs. I want to say it's about, like, 20 years that the Spurs haven't made the playoffs. Uh, the Warriors ain't in the playoffs, so we better have a good-ass time, okay? Um, here's the Eastern Conference matchups. You got number one, the Bucks going against number eight, the Magic. Then you got number two, the Raptors going against number seven, the Nets. Um, number three, the Celtics going against six, the uh, 76ers. And then um, Miami Heat versus the Indiana Pacers, and they're, they both have a couple more games left to go, so they're – Four or five, respectively. Either one. One will be four, another one will be five. Um, Western Conference matches, matchups, you got number one, the Lakers, going against um, number eight, which at this point can be either the Portland Trailblazers, the Phoenix Suns, or Memphis. Um, I personally think the Trailblazers are going to go ahead and take that spot. Dame Lillard is in his bag, okay? He's in his pride bag. When y'all when y'all disrespect Dame Lillard... <laughs> That's when he go off for 61 a night, okay? <laughs> he don't play. When you get him in his in his pride bag, he goes off. You got uh, number two, the Clippers, versus number seven, the Mavs, Dallas Mavs. You got number three, the Denver Nuggets, going against number six, the Jazz, Utah Jazz. 
and then you have four or five respective respectively the Houston Rockets versus the uh the Thunder. Okay, see Thunder. So this is first round starting on Monday, y'all. Um I'm still rooting for the Lakers. I'm still rooting for LeBron to bring a, a, a COVID ring back to back to um, L.A. So y'all can truly give my man, give um, King James his props that y'all love to not give him. Um, he He's on my list of people that I just, people, places, and things that I just don't argue about. Like, um, first on that list, of course, is Beyonce, Giselle, Nose Carter, um, followed closely by the Obamas, the entire family, the parents, Sasha, Malia, and Bo. Um, and then you got, you know, King James, Bernie Sanders almost made that list. He was this close, um, which there's, you know, a lot that you can't talk to me about Bernie Sanders on, but there's also, also some room for debate, you know, <laughs> I'll sit down and have a conversation about that campaign because it wasn't perfect. Um, but yeah, there's just a list of certain people that I, certain people, places and things that I'm just not going to argue about because they're just inarguable goods to me. So who y'all got in the playoffs? Who y'all think, who y'all think taking home the COVID crown? We shall see starting Monday and I am here for y'all. So, so let's go ahead and end this show with the bless your heart segment. Dear XXL freshman list, each year the list drops, I feel older and older. I don't think I've known all of the young and upcoming rappers that grace the amazing cover since 2016. I appreciate this yearly reminder of my maturation, though, as it gives me an opportunity to dive deep into the Gen Z hip-hop rabbit hole. The 2020 XXL freshman list includes Polo G, Chica, Pop Smoke, NLE Choppa, Jack Harlow, Lil Keed, Lil TJ, Fivio Foreign, Cowboy, Rod Wave, Baby Keem, 24 Karat Golden, and Mulatto. Chica is my Alabama sister, so y'all already know I'm already on her wave. Mulatto, NLE Choppa, I've heard a couple tracks that I fucks with. Pop Smoke was truly a life snuffed out too soon. Sad to be a posthumous rapper before the age of 21. R.I.P. But the rest of those names are news to me. Spoiler alert, Jack Harlow is white. Surprise the hell out of me. As a huge Lil Bow Wow, Lil Zane, Lil Romeo fan back in my day, I love that the Lil in rap monikers has not lost its importance. As millennials, we're so quick to dismiss the new news in the hip-hop game. I try my best not to be a grouch about current rap tracks because they weren't made with me in mind. So this week's Bless Your Heart really goes out to the old heads. Bless your own heart. Check out the 2020 XXL freshman list. Embrace how old it makes you feel and learn the lyrical stylings of the youth. All righty, folks, we have made it to the end of another episode. I appreciate you listening all the way through. Thank you for tuning in to Mouth of the South podcast. Um, subscribe, leave a comment. Leave, leave some, I don't know, leave whatever you need to leave, child. I don't know. I really don't know what to say at the end of these podcasts. <laughs> but once again, and always, thanks for tuning in. And as we say down here in the South, play stupid games, get stupid prizes.